Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Good morning, everyone. My name is TJ Smith. I get to lead uh, student ministry here at the Vessel. If we have not had a chance to meet... Um, really quick, uh, I explained this last time, the first time I was up here in case you weren't here. Um, I don't wear shoes for a reason. Um, I spent a summer in Yellowstone National Park um, on a mission trip with Camps Crusade for Christ and lots of amazing opportunities, but um, somehow got in this habit of not wearing shoes when we would meet and worship. Um, and then uh, at some point that summer, I don't really remember when, because it was a while back, um, the scripture uh, someone shared um, in one of our meetings when he came up on the burning bush and the Lord told him to take his shoes off because he was staying on the holy ground. Um, and in that song uh, we sang earlier, it talks about how Christ made us holy. And I had this amazing idea that everywhere I walk is holy ground because he made me holy. So it's my excuse for not wearing shoes. This is just what I like to do. So I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just... I just don't like to wear shoes, um, so that's why, just so you know. So we've been talking about the gospel. The gospel is the good news. And the good news, part of the good news, is that God has always pursued his people. From the very beginning of time, God has always been pursuing us. And so what I'd like us to do is go on a little journey as we take a little ride through scripture because I just wanna tell you that God has always pursued us. I wanna show us that God has always pursued us. So, we always gotta start at the beginning because I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but the gospel doesn't start in Matthew. It actually starts in Genesis. And in Genesis chapter two, we get our origin story. Um, I love that word. It's kind of like a new thing, especially like if you love Marvel characters, you know, we gotta, we gotta hear the origin story. How did this superhero come to be? How did it all begin? Let's go back and let's tell the story. So our origin story, I'm not gonna read through it there. It's Genesis chapter two, you know it. It talks about how God created man and created woman. And the thing that I think is super important for us to understand is how God is pursued is the number one to recognize that God did not have to create man. He created us because he wanted relationship with us. And that is our origin story. It's important to recognize that the gospel doesn't start with sin. The gospel starts with perfect relationship between God and humans. That's where it all starts, is in Genesis. And there's this really cool passage in chapter three where Adam and Eve have done some stuff, but it says that God came in the cool of the day and was looking for Adam and Eve. And I don't know if you're like this, I'm like kind of vivid with my imagination. I really like to try and imagine myself in this place. Like you're in the garden and then like God just like shows up. Like walking, like what did he look like? Did he look like a human? Did he look like an angel? Like was it like a cloud? I don't know, it doesn't really say, right? But it says he walked with you. I want you to imagine that idea. You're just like out on a stroll in the woods or on a street and then 
I don't know how you would know, but just the Lord is all of a sudden walking right beside you. Think about the intimacy. Think about the connection, right? And that's what the Lord wanted. He was pursuing us, right? He created the cosmos, the entire universe. He comes down to this little old planet Earth, and he puts people on it so that he can interact with them, so that he can be in a relationship with them. And so part of our origin story as individuals, not just as humankind, is our own story, our testimony, an opportunity for that first moment when maybe we start to recognize that God is pursuing us. So a short little bit about my own origin story. Um, I grew up in Ohio, um, and at this time in my life, I was 15, and we lived in this country house out in this tiny place called Green Camp, Ohio. You've never heard of it because it's like this big. And um, it was the winter of 97, and there was a blizzard that year. Uh, School was canceled for a whole week. It was awesome. And uh, one morning, uh, my mom woke me up, and she said, hey, uh, my stepdad owned a um, trash hauling business, and his truck had gotten stuck in our gravel driveway in the snow. She said, I need you to go grab a shovel, and you need to help dig him out. Okay, whatever. There's no school. Who cares, right? So I get up. I get dressed. I go outside. I see the truck. I got my shovel. I go over, and I'm just you know, shoveling some snow. And I'm not paying attention because I just woke up and I'm 15 because what 15-year-old pays attention to really anything, right? And uh, he must not have been paying attention either because I don't think he saw me. So he had climbed in the truck and he decided to see if he could get it to move. And it did. It moved right into me. And I don't really remember a lot about what happened I do remember for a brief second, I saw the underneath of this truck, and then that was it. I, it, was all, it was all black, and it was really weird. Uh, it's, it's hard to describe, um, but it was pretty peaceful and calm, and it wasn't a voice, but there was this feeling, this, this thing that you somehow inherently know, like when you know somebody's looking at you even though you can't see them, but somehow like you know. And in this moment, I just, the only thing that I could hear was, you're dead. This is it. It's over. And it just, it was, that was it. And then I remember just kind of contemplating that. And then I opened my eyes and there was this bright, shining light, and I had to cover my eyes. And I realized that I was out from underneath the truck. I was leaning up against one of the tires. The sun was reflecting off the empty cornfield by my house and hitting me right in the face. And my stepdad was packing snow on my forehead. And a snowplow had to come through and plow our road before we could get to the hospital. Got to the hospital. And I needed 13 stitches in my head, and I got three under my eye, and that was it. 
And I very specifically heard the doctor and the nurse both mention the word miracle because being backed over by a, I don't know, 10-ton trash truck, normally you don't escape with a scratch. And so went home that night. I'm laying in bed. I'm super sore. The whole day, my stepdad was like, I don't know how he's alive. And I'm like, well, I don't really know either. But I was laying in bed. We'd gone to church my whole life. I grew up Catholic. And so I'd heard all the stories. And I was laying in bed. I was staring at the ceiling. And I was like, I shouldn't be here. I know what happened. And there was this moment where I came to this point of logical conclusion, I guess, in my head, where I said, God, you're the only thing that I've ever heard of that I know that could have saved me. And I have no idea what you want, but whatever you want, it's yours. And then I woke up the next day, and I was a completely different person. I thought different. I acted different. My life took a completely different trajectory. And that is part of my origin story and how I first started to recognize that God was just not somebody out here in the cosmos, but he was somebody that was actually intimately and deeply concerned with me and my life. And not only was he concerned with my life, but he wanted to be a part of my life. And so we think about human origin story. Um, And as we continue through the journey of scripture, we continue to see God coming down from heaven to earth. And one of the really cool, awesome things that we see as an example of God coming down to earth. So he continues to pursue his people through worship. And if you wanna pull this up, if you've got your phone or if you've got a Bible with you, I'm in 2 Chronicles chapter five. So I want to read most of this whole chapter because I think it's really beautiful when we think about God pursuing us and kind of what this looks like, especially through worship. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, So Solomon finished all his work on the temple of the Lord. Then he brought all the gifts his father David had dedicated, the silver, the gold, and the various articles, and he stored them in the treasuries of the temple of God. Solomon then summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel and all the heads of tribes, the leaders of the ancestral families of Israel. They were to bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant to the temple from its location in the city of David, also known as Zion. So all the men of Israel assembled before the king at the annual festival of shelters, which is held in early autumn. Then all the elders of Israel arrived. The Levites picked up the ark. The priests and the Levites brought up the ark along with the special tent and all the sacred items that had been in it. There before the ark, King Solomon and the entire community of Israel sacrificed so many sheep, goats, and cattle that no one could count. Then the priests carried the ark of the Lord's covenant into the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and placed it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the ark, forming a canopy over the ark and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that their ends could be seen from the holy place, which is in front of the most holy place, but not from the outside. They are still there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two stone tablets that Moses had placed in it at Mount Sinai, where the Lord made a covenant with the people of Israel when they left Egypt. 
Then the priests left the holy place. All the priests were present. All the priests who were present had purified themselves, whether or not they were on duty that day. And the Levites who were musicians, Asav, Heman, Jedethan, and all their sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lairs, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. And the trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments, they raised their voices and praised the Lord with these words. He is good, he is faithful, his, his faithful love endures forever. Now think about this second, for a second. Here they are, the temple of the Lord is ready. So a little quick history, temple of the Lord. David had this vision to have a place where God's presence could be, where the ark could be held permanently, because up to this point it was a tent that moved around, it wasn't a permanent structure. David had the vision, he got all the materials, his son Solomon is the one to put it together. So here it's done, it's finished, they're there at this culmination of celebration. So many animal sacrifices, they can't be counted. Music and singers, all of these things going on. And then it says, at the end of that chapter, at that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud, for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. So again, if you would imagine with me, we're here right now in this place in a cloud so thick shows up that I can't see Dustin and to continue what we're doing, we would have to go outside. So when you're talking about the Lord pursuing us, the Lord is so desperate to be with us that he's willing to show up, he is so thankful for all the love and the sacrifice that we give him, that he does this supernatural thing to make his presence known in a real, tangible way so that it's obvious. I don't know if you've ever had one of these experiences. I was thinking this week about some of the experiences that I've had in just personal times of worship or even corporate times of worship when the Lord has made himself known. In, I don't know why I thought about this one because it's kind of embarrassing, but... Uh, my first job after college, uh, I worked for this wood mill, and sometimes I would go out on delivery. And so we're in like this big, you know, delivery truck. And with this other guy, he's driving. I'm just riding along um, like I was the young, you know, guy. So I could like, you know, carry a bunch of stuff because we had a whole truck full of stuff we had to deliver. And uh, we're listening to the radio, and all of a sudden this song comes on. And I don't even, I don't even remember what song it was. I don't even remember what it said. But all I remember was, is the presence of the Lord hit me like a freight train, and I started crying. I don't mean like, like little tears, like falling down. I mean like weeping, and this dude, and I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I'm looking out here, out the window, trying to like, you know, not be this, I don't know what I thought I was gonna be, but like I'm sitting over here weeping, overwhelmed with the presence of God. And think like that the God of the universe would care enough about me riding in a truck on delivery that he wouldn't make himself known. And I know many of us have stories that we could share 
to talk about the Lord doing this. And I want to share this story because I think it's so personal and so real that the Lord comes and he honored them at this time and showed up in this cloud to let them know that he wanted this relationship. He was excited about what was going on. And sometimes I think we want to make sure we remember that the Lord is excited about our relationship with him. It's not this begrudgingly thing that he just does because he needs to or has to. He wants to, right? That's why we share the origin story. It's what he wanted to do from the very beginning. And so as we think about worship and we continue on, I want to continue to try and show to you that the Lord has always been pursuing us from the beginning through worship and also through Jesus, the gift that Jesus came. We shared a little bit about it already this morning in worship but God has pursued us through Jesus. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. says this. This is real love, not that we loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. We didn't love him first. He loved us. He pursued us. I, I was trying to think of examples this week, and the best one I can really honestly think of was, like, in a dating relationship. Like, how cool is it, like, when you were single or if you are still single, when somebody pursues you, they're like, man, I'm super interested in you. They think, whatever, you're cute, you're good looking, they like your character, whatever it is. If you remember that moment, like, those first moments, or maybe the first time it ever happened to you, like for me, like I remember the first time a girl ever came up to me and it was obviously she liked me and I was like, dang, this is awesome. Like, you know, like you just like, you, you feel that feeling and you're just like, this is amazing. Somebody's actually interested in me. And that's what the Lord is, right? He's so interested in us that he sent Jesus, right? So, this is how I, like, I imagine it, because again, I imagine stuff, is we got like the Father and the Son, they got like a little huddle in the Holy Spirit, we got like this little Trinity huddle, and we're like, all right, listen, um, we wanna be in a relationship with man, uh, they kinda messed that up, we were doing some stuff, we did the animal sacrifice thing, it's, it just, it didn't, it's not what we're looking for, we need something else. Jesus is like, I got this. I got this. I'm gonna go down. Again, think about every example that I've shared so far and every example in scripture. It's never man or humans going up to find God. It's always God coming down to where we are. That to me is a sign of pursuit. That to me is a sign of desire. Jesus comes down from heaven to earth. Now, someone to share that's just I find really interesting when we think about relationship is relationship is what mattered. Now, Jesus died for our sins, but he didn't just come to die for our sins. He came because he wanted relationship and sin was in the way. And the reason I wanna share it like that is because sometimes if we think sin, number one, when we think about the gospel, if sin is the first thing we talk about, then sin is the most important thing. And it's not. Sin's not the most important thing. It's the fact that God has always wanted relationship with us. And that's how it was at the very beginning. It was perfect. There was nothing in the way. God walking with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. Sin got in the way. 
Jesus came to remove that issue so that we could have intimate relationship. God was saying, the glory cloud in 2 Chronicles 5, as cool as it was, wasn't enough. That wasn't enough for what God wanted. He wanted more. He wanted something more. So Jesus came. He loved us. He died for our sins. Why? So we could have that relationship. And God ultimately starts to show us, he pursues us, his ultimate goal, to fill us with the Holy Spirit. And I wanna look at a couple examples. There's a couple here in the book of Acts, if you wanna look with me. I'm gonna be in chapter two. The verse, first one is verse four. And we see a couple of examples of this, of the filling of the Holy Spirit. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says they began speaking in other tongues and the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. It talks about how they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So we went from the very beginning, walking with us in the cool of the day, the glory cloud in the temple, Jesus died in the sin, now where does the Holy Spirit come? It's not even walking in the cool of the day. Now the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of us. So you wanna talk about relationship, you wanna talk about intimacy. If you ever think about um, like one of those movies where like, you know, somehow magically you switch character, personality, souls, and you're in another body, and how weird that is, like, you know, there's that one movie where, like, mom and daughter, like, you know, switch, and then they learn, like, what it's like living through the, yeah, Freaky Friday, that's it, Freaky Friday, right? Now, I want you to think about that for a second, right? You know, that's a little weird, and you're kind of like, you're living in someone else's body. The Holy Spirit wants to come and live inside of us. It doesn't really get much more closer than that. It doesn't get more intimate than that. There's not a deeper relationship than you like, yeah, um, the Lord's gonna come and live, where? In me, in you, in us. He's pursuing us in that relationship. And one more example here in Acts chapter four, verse 31. After this prayer, the meeting place shook and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Then they preached the word of God with boldness. So just another example of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So we're asking why. Let's, let's bring this home. In 1 Corinthians chapter six, it gives us the answer. And we went over this if you were here when we were doing 1 Corinthians. We would have read this scripture. But 1 Corinthians chapter six nineteen says this. It says, don't you realize, now it's, t- it's talking about kind of something else, but it gives us a truth here. Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So there was this temple in the Old Testament, right? Because that's the reference there is the temple where they were making these sacrifices and the glory cloud showed up. And now Paul is telling us that we are that temple, So literally, God wants to live in us. He wants to pursue us and live inside of us in this relationship. God's been pursuing us this entire time. And so this is the good news. The good news is it doesn't matter how high of a mountain you try and climb. It doesn't matter the darkness of a cave you could try to hide in or a valley you could try to go down low in. You could go to the bottom of the ocean 
You could go to the top of Mount Everest. You could go inside the deepest, darkest cave. You will not be able to escape the Father pursuing you. And this is great news because I think Jake shared one of these gospel stories last week, the story of the coin or the sheep. You notice the sheep and the coin didn't have to try and find the person. The shepherd found the sheep and the person found the coin. We don't have to try and find God because he's always been there. He's always been pursuing us. All we have to do is stop running and stop and recognize there he is. He's right there. And it's the same place he's always been. He's never been anywhere else. And sometimes maybe if, if we're recognizing this for the first time, like, or if we've recognized it for decades and we've been in this relationship at times, is we'll start to think things like, I am not good enough for God to be pursuing me or I've messed up. You don't know what I've done. And we could sit here and we could have a little argument about who sinned more, you or me. I'd probably win because I've done a lot of dumb stuff. We all have. But here's the great news, the good news. That doesn't matter because Jesus died for that. It was based on our sin. If sin was the issue keeping us from God, then what Jesus did doesn't mean anything. But Jesus already took care of it. That's right, that's why he died on the cross. He took all the weight, all the pain, all the suffering, everything from sin that separated us from God. It's no longer in the equation as a reason to keep us from our relationship with God. And it doesn't matter if your year 2022 has started off amazing and you're crushing it and you're like, this is the most amazing year in the world. Like, I'm gonna set records this year. It's gonna be great. Or if you're like, this year has sucked. Like, to be honest, in my family, 2022 has not been a good start. We've been, I've been more sick this year than I think I have been in the last 20 years of my life. It has not, it has not gone well. I got together with my boys for our men's group. For when we get to like the first time in February, like we didn't even get in January, partially because of me and I know others were also sick. Like it doesn't matter. None of it matters. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, who you know or who you don't know. The good news is God has always been pursuing us. That is the great news, it's the best news. And not only is it good news for us, it's good news for everybody around us. Because there are others out there that we see every day and they have no idea. They don't know about the good news. They think that God is someone off in the cosmos if he even exists and he doesn't give two rat cents about them. And we have the opportunity and the privilege to show them no, he does care. And he has always cared and he will always care. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you work, who you are, how much money you make, anything. God has always been in pursuit of us. So I wonder if the worship team, if you guys would come back up. So here's what I do. I don't wanna share this story, this news about the fact that God has been pursuing us since the dawn of creation and not make sure we have an opportunity if we feel like the Lord is telling us to, to respond. And that can look like whatever you want it to look like. 
for you there in your seat to recognize for the first time or for the 1800th time that God has always been pursuing you. And maybe we just need to take a moment, close our eyes, slow down, take a deep breath, and recognize that God is in pursuit of us. No matter how long we've been in relationship with him, 30 years, when I think about a relationship, a deep, intimate relationship, um, my wife and I have been married for almost 20 years. And every now and then, I'm still like, you know what? I don't know if I actually knew that about you. There's always something more. And so if you wanna stand to your feet and just, we're just gonna take a moment here. The worship team's gonna play and just respond however the Lord is calling you. If you've never taken the time to recognize that God's pursued you and you have this opportunity to have a relationship with him, and as Dustin shared earlier, you do need to confess some sin to get it out of the way to start that relationship. Or you've been in that relationship for a while and maybe it's just kind of dull. Maybe you need to have date night. Maybe you need to make sure you take some time and recognize that relationship with Jesus. So whatever that looks like, I know in the back, we might have a couple people from the prayer team. If you wanna come up and pray, if you wanna come talk to me, we just wanna make that opportunity for you to be able to respond if the Lord is knocking on your door and you feel like it's time to answer. Thank you for joining us this morning for our service. We are publishing content throughout the week for Church at Home through our social media and website. For more information, visit www.vessel.church.